Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing American hero John McCain. Nick, um, John McCain uh, sadly recently died. Um, he is, he was an American hero, right? Well, that's probably what, what we want to discuss is what that means. But just briefly to summarise the key points in the long and varied career of John McCain um, is that uh, he went, uh, he was, I suppose the thing that we would think of as probably being the most hero-y thing that he did was he um, he went to, uh, he volunteered to go and fight in Vietnam and he was a um, pilot, I believe. And um, at one point he was shot down by a surface-to-air missile, uh, captured by, by the North Vietnamese. And then uh, tortured for a number of years, five, something like five years, or kept in captivity and frequently tortured uh, for for a number of years, um, and uh, probably probably partly the reason that he survived was that he was the son of a, a an admiral. Um, but he was also he, did, he refused to exploit that. At one point, he was offered um, release, and they thought it the North Vietnamese thought it would be good publicity. To, to release him and show that he was in good working order and, you know, uh, they treated him well and he was the son of an admiral and they thought it would be good PR. And he refused to be released when he could have been. He said he wasn't going to get released before his men were released. Uh, pretty heroic. Uh, and then, of course, you know, then he went on to have a political career, um, you know, ran for presidency in 2008, um, 2008 and introduced the world, of course, to uh, the wonderful Sarah Palin. And... Um, uh, as his as his running mate um and then uh, and then in the last campaign the 2016 presidential campaign which delivered of course uh, Donald Trump uh McCain was one of his uh, more vocal critics um and uh Donald Trump of course famously said well he, he didn't think it was particularly heroic being captured uh by the enemy and um you know with the absolutely the best will in the world it's an interesting point. Uh, so, uh, and then, and then he has continued, I think, to be a, a, a critic, declining health, and then died. So uh, that's John McCain summed up. And I think what we want to talk about is this idea of him being, in some sense, a hero, and what that means. I think it's worth pointing out also he's he's admired on both sides of the houses by Republic. He's a Republican. Uh, and a very sort of uh, conservative Republican, but he's admired by lots of Democrats as well. He wasn't he very admired in 2008 when he was up against Obama. No, he became true. more admired when he started criticising Donald very principled Trump. And... He was famous for being principled is the word yeah. and also for taking often a bipartisan approach. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so that's a sort of a sketch of the life and times of John McCain. So I guess, um, you know, I think one of the questions we want to ask is, um, or maybe it's not. Is is well, what 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 makes a certain person a hero? Um, and I guess in this case, it's the fact that he 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 went, he put himself in danger, and he was um, he was in the military. Um, and then it's this principled thing about the fact that um, he could have been released early, but but chose not to. And and then in life of politics, was known to be a principled person or had that reputation. Um, 
So he sort of fills some of the criteria. Yeah, there. well, let's, I think but, I don't think you could you could pick a lot worse places to start here than the hero's journey, which is now you know I suppose it's gradually increased in popularity. So this is a book by Joseph Campbell in 1949, um, looking at the hero in literature for uh, you know going dating back literally millennia. So, you know, Odysseus and even before Odysseus uh, are up to the present day. And this book has had, uh, you know, big influence in um, Hollywood, big influence on screenwriting, certainly influenced, um, directly influenced uh, uh, George Lucas when he made Star Wars. And the heroes, it, it talks about this hero's journey, right, which is what all heroes have to have to do and you can pick anything you like pick all the great works any great you've got your indiana jones luke skywalker you've got you know frodo baggins whatever it is your hero uh has to first of all he has to leave the ordinary world he's got to have a call to adventure um he, he then will have a mentor who helps him cross some sort of threshold into another world where his quest lies um he then embarks on a series of trials and is tested and of course uh, potentially assisted by allies but he then you know will will pass those tests and then uh, the greatest challenge lies at the end uh, the ordeal of some kind some kind and he then is he then is rewarded for doing that and and then uh, Campbell said you know actually very often you'll have this return home so he returns home possibly a changed person possibly with some kind of uh, almost a rebirth um, or a resurrection so that's that's the hero's journey it works very well and, and I think maps nicely to the three-act structure of, uh, of indeed the, the introduction and the character build then you have the challenge then you have the victory now i was so i was thinking about this in the context there's no reason that a hero couldn't be a hero in an afternoon in this context you know that you are plucked out that, and there has to be i think has to be an element in which you are chosen not the chooser that the hero is chosen to be there and they're tested and they respond in the right way so they, that that they they pass the test, and I think if you look at the you know things like the way that people have responded, you know look at the sort of first responders in nine one one or you know those kind of citizen heroes, the the guy in uh, you know the the when the Herald of Free Enterprise sank, the guy who made a bridge out of his own body, you know these things where where you think well um, uh, you know a lot of us wouldn't have done that, a lot of people just wouldn't have responded in that way. They might have panicked or run off, but the point is about why we think about these people as heroes is they're chosen first of all. They haven't gone there necessarily. They've been events have pulled them out uh, of of the ordinary world into this extraordinary world of crisis or terrorism or whatever, and and they've they've faced that ordeal and passed. And I think that's where and and if you put that in the context of John McCain, you know uh, the the uh, the the being going out to Vietnam is sort of in some sense the hero's journey and then you know the the ordeals that he faced and then successfully passing and coming home Uh, it it kind of fits so yeah kind of fits um so but one thing that i know we want to move towards is perhaps the concept of uh, being a flawed hero um but maybe if i sort of turn that around a little bit do you think not really in the examples you mentioned there of you know being a, a paramedic in the afternoon and you become a hero but do you think it's not necessarily a necessary condition, but do you think it makes for a more interesting hero if they are flawed? Or are heroes always flawed? Because um, it's you know demonstrates a sort of human fallibility. Um, uh, I want oh, to hear from sorry, Peter. Yes, let's do him first. Well, I, I think real world heroes are all, always flawed. Um, I think because they're people. They're not all they're not all be perfect. Um, but I think, uh, yes, I think in, in, in fictional heroes, 
I think the more interesting ones have a darker element to them. So I'm thinking Batman and um, is more an interesting character than Superman, who's always just nice and perfect. Until he goes bad in Superman 2. Bizarro world. Oh, the film, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and indeed, the more most interesting characters are often the anti-hero or the villain. Mm. They've, they've just got a bit more about them. And there's more interesting dimension to it. Yeah, and often the anti-hero's journey will be almost, well, it'll be very similar to the hero's journey, but they might have taken a different path. They have not uh, passed the test or they've responded to the test in a different way. You know, they've been Darth Vader where they've, they've, they've failed the test and they've become either, you know, they've become an agent of the, of the enemy. Okay, well, let's, let, let me pose that question in a different way. Um, you know, with the greatest of, of respect to, to John McCain, who I think there are things about him are certainly admirable, and I can see why, you know, he's been, why people would call him in a hero. But one thing that I'm slightly uncomfortable with is let's not forget that um, the thing that he's most famous for, his in, uh, being imprisoned in, in, in Vietnam, well, was during a war that is arguably, you know, not a just war. And, you know, why were Americans there? Um, hundreds of thousands, millions of I should, I should say definitely arguably because uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not acceding to that simple statement, but carry on. Okay. Um, but, I mean, millions of, of Vietnamese civilians killed. And, and of those that were killed, a lot of them were killed by bombing in North Vietnam, Can I example. just say, yeah. Luke Skywalker blew up the Death Star with, with deaths possibly in the, has certainly hundreds of thousands, possibly in the millions, of innocent people who might have been children on there, the like families yeah. of stormtroopers. Well, and, certainly were. And blowing up a Death Star above an inhabited planet is likely to kill off most of the life on that planet as well. And I'm happy so, to go along with these. Yeah, yeah. So right. So I mean, I'm not I'm trying just, to trivialise the Vietnam <laughs> Vietnam War, but I'm saying that you know, um, no. Does just that, to finish off my point, just mm. to finish off my point, and you know, there he was flying a bomber and got shot down by. I mean. Putting it in another way is, you know, the you know one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. If you're Vietnamese, is John McCain really a hero for you? Was John McCain trying to kill innocent people? No, he wasn't. Uh, the U.S. government wasn't trying to kill innocent people. Now we can argue about exactly to the extent to which they cared whether they killed innocent people. Terrorists are trying to kill innocent people, so there is a difference there. I'm not and saying I think he's it's, a terrorist. I'm just I questioning. Think, you know, if you I'm just questioning at, this, you know how. Uh, this concept of uh, hero worship, well, not not hero worship, of being a hero. Yeah, well, I don't. I think there's a totally separate thing here, which is about the challenges that the hero. What we think of as a hero is someone who faces certain challenges and responds in the right way. What we consider the right way. Well, just okay, picking up, picking up to to argue Fraser's point. Osama bin Laden is a hero to to a lot of, as we would argue, misdirected young men extremist Muslims sort of hold him up as, as a hero. And he was he was sort of responsible for, directly for the deaths of lots and lots of innocent yeah, people. I don't really have a problem with the idea of a hero being, at the same time, an agent of, of what we might think of as evil. I don't, I don't think mm. heroism is about achieving good results. That is not mm. necessarily... Now, obviously, we prefer the heroes who achieve good results. They're yeah. better for everyone. But I, I, I don't think it's necessary. It is more to do with the, uh, the, the thing, the way that they respond to, to things. Are there, it, do, they, do they pass the trials that are put in front of them in a, in a good way? I mean, it's like why we're able to point at, you know, uh, at sort of heroic acts on both sides in the Second World War. You know, it's not... Mm. I mean, you're not I'm not going to judge an individual... As an individual no. 
individual no, German on. soldier who does something very heroic and you know manages to capture an entire sort of Belgian fortress single-handed. Um, you know that's that's heroic, right? No, but because he's putting his life on the line and he's achieving this result successfully, and you know he's doing it through you know. But it's not. No, it, no, I don't. That, I don't. The think fact that's that he's working for the Nazis. No, but that's okay. Isn't so great. But, I think we're getting uh, slightly. It's, a, it's certainly a, it's certainly a cross on his CV, but it but it's <laughs> but it doesn't maybe an iron cross even on his CV. Detract from his. Um, from his, from okay, his sort of so, uh, his inner heroine. Yeah, we're talking about being on different sides, different causes. But what about an example of famously one of the from the seven seven attacks um, in London of one of the people who was um, he got part of his leg blown off, um, but was called a hero because he helped um, people get out of the carriage and he saved some people. Um, and so he was all over the press going, isn't this a wonderful person? Until someone piped up and said, oh, hold on, this bloke um, um, is a criminal and was convicted of raping me. Um, and he served a number of years of prison. Doesn't feel like much of a hero to me. Um, and so I guess I just want to get into this idea of, you know, of, of the fluidity of the term or it, it's mean, how meaningful is it to call for, to be a hero? Well, I, I think I, I, I want to actually, sorry, I want to hear from Peter. Okay. Well, I, I want to ask a different question. Okay, Sorry, well, Fraser. So let's. Do you want me to answer your question? No, we'll come. Even though you love Peter so much. <laughs> no, I want, you, hear, I, mean, I, I want to hear. I want to hear Peter's. Well, I want. I want to explore why do we find why why are heroes so attractive? Why 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 are they so provocative? Why why do we care so much? Why we why do we have? Why sure. are we writing loads of plays and films about just your everyday man? Why, why is there always going to be a hero to it? Uh, and, I, and I think it boils down to that, you know, in a social social species, mm. uh, uh, and a, uh, you you need hero types in your group, the risk takers, because they they having enough of those around make you more likely to climb over that next mountain or find a new source of food or uh, to 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 improve the chance your your life chances as a group. Uh, and on an individual basis, you aspire to be like that because they, the, the heroes, are often the physically the most strongest and the uh, the, the most likely to be the, the top guy in charge of the the clan. So individually, the 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 the, 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 the men will aspire to the to the hero leader because the women all want to mate with him. Yeah, well, men want up, to well, be him. Women want to. No, ben him. wants to be like him. Women want to be with. Well, you know what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's a question of story. People, there's something about humans. We love a story. Um, and I remember recently, sort of thinking, oh god, my kids. I just read them the same story again and again. They still love it. And then I thought, well, hold on. I love, as I've said before on other podcasts, um, is I love the Richard Sharp novels set in Napoleonic, um, uh, well, in the Iberian Peninsula. You also mainly. love ways, Fred. You haven't noticed that. Yeah, um, but it's essentially the same story again and again and again. The same thing yeah. happens every time, and he's very much a hero figure. And I thought, well, it's not just my kids who like this stuff, a story. It's me who likes the same story again and again. And so that would be my interpretation. And actually, perhaps for yeah, the same why, reasons but why that do you, But the point is, why do you like the story about right. the hero? Right. And I think it's for the reasons that you've said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick, you can either come in on that point. Yeah, I think the, the... the universality of the hero story is indicative of some kind of evolution. There's still got to be some kind of evolutionary element there. It's, it's, probably, it's either a very, very ancient cultural thing that has somehow got locked into our brains, but or it's, it's success, the success of the story is explained by something else. And I think, I, I think Peter's touched on it. I'm not sure, I certainly would uh, not be too sure that it's as simple as um, we need heroes in the tribe. Um, 
because for, among other things, certainly here the heroes aren't necessarily the biggest and the baddest and the strongest. I mean, you know, it, it, like take Frodo, he's never the most powerful person around him. He he passes the test of being able to destroy or at least you know getting 99 percent of the way to destroying the ring where a lot of others would have failed um but he's never the most powerful person there i mean that's gandalf right so you have always have these figures in in stories who are the really powerful ones and that's not usually the hero and similarly he's also not the hero is not necessarily the biggest hit with the ladies i mean so uh you know you're you're the hero of um no, uh, in, think, in uh, luke skywalker I, I he's, he's not being... he's the one everyone fancies the hand so character yeah. i think if you're being so, literal that's the case but i think it's the guy who overcomes the challenge is the sexy thing see i i think it i don't know my, my feeling is that the is that it's actually a vicarious a vicarious enjoyment of doing things that we actually would enjoy doing so i think we've evolved to enjoy the to do doing the things that heroes do rather than something more to do with society and the kinds of people we want in our tribe it's more actually we like watching uh that journey because we ourselves are the everyman to begin with everyone is is ordinary and we like the idea of the harry potter the owl arriving you know we like the idea of being plucked into a world mm. where we can do fun stuff and 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 face challenges and, and win and that's you know the why why computer games are so successful because they give us the chance to do that you know they give us the chance to be that just that everyday shepherd you know the 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 shepherd's boy who who finds a magic sword and then goes off and defeats a dragon and i, I just I, I think it's as simple as that that we we like to Doing those things because um you know we've evolved to want to uh to to um defeat things and to and to win yeah i i, I, I was it's relating to a point you made earlier uh that i, I read an interesting article years ago i can't i probably struggled to find it now but it was it was lamenting the types of heroes that are in popular culture modern movies there's been a sort of shift in hollywood movies where the heroes so thinking of films like the x-men um, star wars the heroes are more often than not plucked out chosen in some fashion either by their genes if they're x-men they've got these special abilities or chosen by a person to be the guy or by god or by some sort of external power they're less often these days apparently according to this article self-made or decide to be that guy to be that hero and you know the, think about you know think rocky he he was boxer quite good but decided to be the best and did the montage and then sort of actually a key part of that story is that they couldn't find a contender and they said let's pick a no hoper so there was an element of being chosen there but no but i think I, be, no, be, but, but he I, wasn't I, sort of injected with drugs and made super yeah, strong no, that's he had true. to work at that so no, it's sort of yeah. the 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 there's a there's a, and this this article is interesting. It, it, there's something missing there. Like, it, it certainly counters to the American dream. Where everyone can mm-hmm. make anything of themselves. Uh, and there, it was interesting that this is this is, is counter to that. It's that, that ideal that you, in order to be a hero, you need to be, have been elected and, or given some special. Just special before, ability. and Nick looks like he's bursting to come in. But I think you're right because I want a film uh, and well, actually, a book is uh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, where um, the hero in that is 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 it Atticus. I forget. Is yeah, Atticus Finch? Yeah, Atticus. Finch who I think it's definitely chooses although you can say there's another situation where uh, where the sorry another context where the situation has landed in his lap yeah, as it were yeah that always has to be there. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Nick 
Right, and this goes back. Actually, you asked this question about. Um, so I'm linking. I'm, this is what comedians call a callback. I'm linking something you mentioned earlier to something we've just been talking about. It's I trust this clever. is going to be hilarious. It's quite clever. Then. Watch this. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not a joke. Um, it's this issue about whether heroes can be flawed. Uh, I say they necessarily are in a story because they have to grow, right? So they have to start being incompetent. That so Luke Skywalker's rubbish at the beginning, right? He's got no idea how to hold a lightsaber. <laughs> he's he a, a whiny little the, bitch. Yeah, yeah, he gets bopped by the little floaty thing. You know, he's he's and, and it, the the journey is the growth, right? So the heroes have to start out being incompetent. This links directly to what Peter was saying, and I absolutely agree. Uh, it is boring to watch a thing about a guy with superpowers. Superheroes are boring. They're boring because they are just given power from nowhere. And hey, presto, they use it. Now, that's kind of fun to watch. It could be spectacular. But it is not in any way as thrilling as watching a, a total, um, you know, everyman uh, rise to that challenge. And I, and I think the... Um, a very good example, uh, and I think it seems to, it speaks a lot about the difference about the failure of the new Star Wars films. Is that um, someone like Ray starts out way too powerful? She starts out in Episode Seven. She can mysteriously use a lightsaber. She can mysteriously use you know the Force to to read people's minds. She can influence people. She can fly the bloody. She does everything. So a lot of people are saying, well, she's a Mary Sue, right? In other words, she's a a character who just is just perfect. She's like this perfect. Uh, you know, if you imagine being a screenwriter, going, oh well, what would I really like to be like as a person? And that's fucking boring. It's boring to watch because there's no growth. They start out great, and you go, well, fine, we're there. We need they just win everything yeah, they go near. We, we, and need that's a, that. we need a hero's journey. Um, okay, look, we're going to wrap up. But before we do, um, I want you to tell me, either from the real world uh, now or from history or from literature or film, um, who is your biggest hero? And you are not allowed to say anything that's related to Star Wars. Oh damn! That's that. I mean, I'm going to have to go to number thirteen on my list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to start off with my answer. So my hero actually is Harry Flashman, who is just a complete out and out, out and out shyster and con artist and braggart and coward, and yet runs around the world having a great time, shagging loads of girls and killing lots of people and having a great time, generally being having an adventure. He's my, and also I like the way he's just the opposite of, of, of moralizing, you know, he's very much immoral. So he's, he's my favorite. That's, that's You'd probably my say he was an anti-hero. He's but, an anti-hero. Uh, yeah. He's an anti-hero. Uh, I, since I'm not allowed to use Star Wars, I'll have to go with Indiana Jones. Yeah. I think he is such a strong character. Uh, he's vulnerable and human, makes loads of mistakes, trips up with that sort of thing. Um, but is just an all-round daring do kind of guy and he's an intellectual as well and he's intellectual as well yeah, the, yeah. in um people have pointed out to me and it does sort of slightly take the sheen off that in the raiders of the lost ark indiana jones doesn't actually do anything bear that in mind <laughs> next next time next time you watch it he is in, in no way instrumental at any point in the plot he basically just follows the ark around until <laughs> right at the end when all the nazis die and and that's it he doesn't okay, do yeah. anything. Um, so, uh, yeah, just interesting fact there. Um, no, I had to think about this because I, I used to always say uh, Garibaldi. 
Giuseppe Garibaldi, who, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah, 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 uh, unified, unified Italy, driven by a dream, um, you know, decided that he would, uh, uh, he, he, you know, impossible, really. You know, Italy at the time occupied by these hugely powerful foreign powers and, you know, it looked, seemed hopeless, but he was able to convince the right people. And he himself, you know, had this very heroic, had to, a classic hero's journey, you know, was given this impossible challenge. He, the, he I think the siege of Naples or something, he, they lost and had to flee and his wife died and he had to he couldn't even bury her because he was fleeing uh you know he had to, he had to get away and uh, and then of course eventually you know his dream came true and then right at the end he um uh Vittorio Emmanuel II the, the king uh, I think at the time of Naples and subsequently king of all of Italy um you know they they sort of met up halfway down and he knelt down and said and you said it's yours Here, have Italy you're now the king and, and so he was I, he's incredibly cool cool guy uh, Garibaldi very popular at the time uh, you know but uh, but subsequently since then I've played a few board games about the reformation and I have to say Martin Luther is going up in my estimation mm. here uh, because uh, and I think again it, it, it's sort of this challenge of impossible odds the, the, but the, I suppose you could say that his um, the challenge to him was you know the um, uh, his conscience you know saying we uh, you cannot allow this wrongness to go on in his case primarily the sale of indulgences but actually a few other things um, and stood up to uh, the mightiest foe you could imagine which was the Catholic Church you know in the uh, in the in the uh, you know in the kind of well just early modern era and um, and of course uh, you know despite facing huge opposition threat of death uh, you know certainly lots of contemporaries burned at the stake ended up effectively winning you know the the Catholic Church changed uh, Protestantism took off um, incredible story really and it really illustrates that you know one guy can make a huge difference well he did a lot. But he didn't invent a biscuit while he was doing all of it. <laughs> okay, I was going to say yeah. He, he did invent. He did invent that sponge you can clean your back with in the bath. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Martin Luther. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. We'll stop there. Um, thank you. Um, as always, listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast, I'm Fraser McGrew. I've been here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. Thank you. Until next time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.